you spend time developing and leading people where you're able to add value to them, either inside or outside the organization. But if you have all or the majority of your team really bought into your culture of belonging, of freedom of voice and doing the right thing, it's that team dynamic that really brings it to life. And I often find that organizations can get their culture wrong or don't concentrate enough on what their culture should be. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. Welcome to In the Doctor's Chair, where today I'm looking forward to continuing conversations with managing partners and CEOs about leadership and organizational health and well-being while tapping into the future of work as we navigate the return to the office post-COVID-19. Frank O'Keefe, Managing Partner of Ernest & Young in Ireland, joins me today in the doctor's chair. Prior to being voted Managing Partner in 2018, Frank held a position on the Irish leadership team as Head of Assurance, where he was responsible for leading the fastest growing assurance service in the island of Ireland. Additionally, he was the Lead Audit and Client Services Partner for Ireland, as well as the partner who oversaw the Ernest & Young Entrepreneur of the Year program in Ireland between 2009 and 2014. He has also held the position of Diversity and Inclusion Partner Sponsor and continues to preside over Ernest & Young Diversity and Inclusion Steering Committee here in Ireland. Frank holds a Certificate in Authentic Leadership from the Harvard Business School and is a Chartered Certified Accountant. If you're a leader who recognises, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. Frank, you're more than welcome. Thank you, Mark. Delighted to be here. Frank, clearly, you know, the world has changed as we know it in so many ways since COVID-19. How have the past period of time changed how you lead in Ernest & Young? Yeah, if I go back, Mark, to maybe February, March 2000 or 2020, we were a very successful business, very focused on our clients and our people. We embraced a lot of really good technology around flexible working, how we wanted our people to think about their holistic lives. So we were probably progressing very, very well when it came to truly understanding what we felt was important for our clients and for our people and our business at that stage. And first and foremost, I must say, when COVID-19 came along, we recognized as a partnership and as a business that first and foremost, this was a health issue, a humanitarian issue. And because we in EY are very much a people-based business, either the people who we are within our firm or we work with people, it was all around people. And, you know, my ask to our partners and all of our 3,000 plus people at the time in EY was three things. The first thing was we want all of our people, first and foremost, to look after themselves and look after their families and their loved ones and people that were compromised. So we very much took the view that, you know, our business will look after our people and their needs first. 
The second thing was I asked all of our people to really look after our clients. They were humans too, going through this, no playbook. Everybody was going after or going through this at the same pace in life. And I also asked all of our people and our partners to look after our business and trust our business and our business would look after them. So, you know, that's probably easier to say than do. And when you're in March 2020, we'd over 3,000 people, I had a thousand consultants who our clients were used to having them with them side by side in their facilities, in their offices, a thousand auditors that were doing external audit work for the capital markets and shareholders who had to completely change the way they were working with different challenges that were coming their way, along with a thousand other brilliant colleagues doing, doing many different things. So you can imagine that was quite a, an interesting experience, a huge learning experience. And I would say, to answer your question, how did my leadership style change or how did leadership change? Well, it was primarily understanding that everybody is a human being that everybody has a different circumstance, that they've many challenges along with the professional work challenges that they have here in EY. And it was really important to make sure that we got very close to our people. And our people really also then got very close to our clients. So it resonated throughout our business that we came, you know, we really became people first. And that has really stood to us over the last 18 months. I think that's great that you really clarify the people bit as, as such a core value in terms of your the people that work for you and then then the relationships with your clients. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's what this world is about. It's about people and it's about relationships. Absolutely. And like we, Mark, we're, we're, you know, like to hold ourselves out there to be very focused on technology, digitalization, transformation, but they're enablers. They're enablers to people and they free up time for them to think differently or ask better questions, get better solutions. But again, it all comes back to what you just said. And that's that's the humans. And obviously, you know, you, you value health and well-being very much as an organization. I mean, it's clear from just listening to you in the last few minutes. Yeah. And, and thanks for giving me the platform to speak a little bit about this, Mark. But again, you know, this I would say health and well well-being is something that we felt as a leadership team, as a partnership, and then also as an organization was of paramount importance to us, along with our people first agenda. So, you know, I, we could have a great conversation around how we led in the market from a diversity and inclusiveness perspective. And the inclusiveness was as important as the diversity that we were bringing into our organization. And then, you know, an extension of inclusiveness is really around holistic life. And if we didn't make sure that, you know, we played our part as the employer for all of our people around their holistic life, well, what were we doing it for? And, you know, how would that impact the short term, the medium term and the long term? So health and well-being has been on the forefront of our minds for many years. It's accelerated a lot in the last 18 months. But before that, we were really focused on, you know, sharing really great programs with our people from physical health to mental health to holistic lives. Fantastic. We have a lot of benefits in there for our people that they can avail of and their families like WebDoc, like gym membership, yes, like webinars and, and support around mental health, families. You know, there's a number of things in there. But what really came to the fore for us in the last 18 months was around that need for people to be looked after where they were now in a world where there were blurred lines between home and work. And when you think about March 2020 to maybe the summer of 2020, which was the window we all thought we'd go back to that new normal or the pandemic might subside, that wasn't the case. And when you were looking into a winter 
between autumn 20 and, and say March or February 21 here in Ireland, we knew that it was going to become much more challenging for people and that we made sure that our environment was was safe and free and people had the ability to share challenges that they were having either from a mental health perspective or a stress perspective because we wanted to make sure that our people still felt that they were having the best experience they could have being here in EY. Fantastic. And do you think, Frank, as a result that your your emphasis on health and well-being now is is a little bit different to pre-COVID? I think going back to my opening piece, Mark, about really understanding the individuals mm-hmm. who are in our team, and it's there's 3,000 people. I'm really lucky that I've got fantastic leadership partners, leaders across our organization that care. So, you know, what we really did was make sure that we understood our, our people and the individual leads much more. So, you know, that really helps when it's a two-way conversation rather than just assuming that what you say is right and people should follow. That's not the way we work. The way we work in EY is highest making sure that we're supporting each other for all of those holistic life experiences and also career fulfillment. So when people have the opportunity to be themselves, to belong in an organization, in a culture that is very rich and they can be the be- express themselves to be the best professionals they can be, it truly adds to the experience and their fulfillment in where we're going as an organization. Absolutely. And you just mentioned the word culture, which I think is such an important word, a culture that is rich. Can you explain, Frank, in your own terms, what what culture means to you? Yeah. And I think, Mark, this is the magic sauce of an organization. You know, when we think about our own business, we're very purposeful. You know, our, our purpose is about building a better working world. That's quite simple to say, but very complex in its application. But and we're very strong in our values and who we are and how we lead and how we team and how we you know, do the right thing all of the time. But they're all kind of things that are visionary and they're not day to day often, mm-hmm. but our culture is and our culture we work on every day. The culture for me, if I was to describe it, is a sense of place, a sense of belonging, a sense of pride, mm-hmm. where you're free to add your voice and add value and change things for the better to make sure that you enjoy the environment and the colleagues that you're with, and also making sure that you spend time developing and leading people where you're able to add value to them, either inside or outside the organization. But if you have all or the majority of your team really bought into your culture of belonging, of freedom of voice and doing the right thing, it's that team dynamic that really brings it to life. And I often find that organizations can get their culture wrong or don't concentrate enough on what their culture should be. I mean, I'm reminded of that beautiful phrase that says, you know, we all make a living with what we get, but we make a life by what we give to others. And, you know, that sense of purpose, Frank, you know, when I think of Ernest and Young, I think of, you know, Young Entrepreneur of the Year and how that has really, you know, supported innovators and entrepreneurship in Ireland. Yeah. And look, we're so proud of our EY Entrepreneur of the Year program. It's been going now for 24 years, Mark, can you believe it or not? And wow. when we set it up originally, it was to do three things. It was to promote entrepreneurs, acclaim entrepreneurs, get their businesses out there for markets and for to attract talent. It was also an opportunity for us to build a community where we have over 500 entrepreneurs now that you know, want to spend time together, solve problems for each other, value, create together, create jobs. And then our role in EY was to really also challenge them in a professional way, in a helpful way to try and see if we can, you know, add value to their business to try and become better and bigger. But the Entrepreneur of the Year program 
um, is very purposeful for us, yes, but so are many, many other things that we do. Like we're so proud of a program we called EY Ripples, mm-hmm. which is where we give our people a number of days a year to work in their communities to try and help their communities. So that's kind of them giving pro bono uh, work on EY time back in to add value and solve problems. We had it's fantastic. Most recent, yeah, most recently, one example, if you don't mind, two of our very young people who joined our consulting practice set about thinking through the challenges of the Irish refugees here and the brilliant talent that is in our marketplace, but they don't necessarily get the same level of opportunities. And we invited quite a large amount. We helped them with their CVs. We invited a number into our summer internship program. We gave specific places uh, for Irish refugees working with the Irish Refugee Council. And now a number of them are our colleagues. So, you know, they're adding huge value now in our organization to our clients and to our people. So these are all small things that you get to do when we're very lucky as leaders that adds more value into our society and into our communities. I really love that idea of, of the ripple effect. Uh, you know, if you look at kindness and volunteerism, you know, there is a ripple effect of kindness, the pro-social benefits of helping others. It, it does become contagious. They say out to three degrees of separation. Absolutely. And, and it is all about small things, Frank. Small things really over time can make a big, big difference. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And look, you know, everything we do from, you know, one small thing over here can add huge value. And, the more, you know, we're very lucky. We now have 3,400 people in EY. We just did a big jobs announcement for another 800 people that will join our firm. But, you know, if you have 4,200 people living that culture, wanting to deliver excellence for our clients, want to lead and develop people within our organization and then go out into their communities to truly add value. Like, you know, that's what it's all about for me. It's just terrific that we're in a position to be able to do it. That's fantastic. Can I ask you about hybrid working, Frank? Because obviously the whole nature of the working environment is changing now as we emerge from COVID. How do you see hybrid working in terms of Ernest & Young? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked me that specifically for EY or for Ernst & Young, because um, every business is different. And we recognize in EY that every client is different and every team is different. So when you've got so many disciplines that we work across here in our firm, we had to really recognize the individuals. So EY hybrid is something that we've launched internally with our people. We're really excited about it. We'll implement it from towards the end of October, once all of the restrictions are pretty much lifted here in the Republic of Ireland. But, you know, we spent about a year working with our clients, our partners and all of our people in EY through focus groups, through um, surveys, etc., trying to really understand the dynamic. And for us, there's a huge amount in this around trust and also around empowerment and making sure that it's clients and people orientated and clients and people first. So EY Hybrid is going to work um, differently throughout our disciplines with the same principles. The principles will be where our clients need us, we will be, where and when we will be there. Our office will, at the use of our office and why people come to the office will be different to what it was before. We'll ask our people to come into the office to team for innovative events for client-related matters where we need to be together, for learning and development events that are better done in person than virtually. 
and also social and cultural events. So how our people connect with our offices now will be quite uh, different to what it was before. And we've done a huge amount with technology, with collaborative spaces. We've changed around the feel of a lot of our real estate so that they're co- it's collaborative rather than desk only. And our view then for our teams also is when it comes to homeworking or agile working with the technology we have, if you're going to deliver projects um, and you need space to think or work on your own, you know, wherever is the best place for you to do that from a holistic life perspective is the place you should choose. And that's really the kind of three-pronged approach that we have to our EY, EY hybrid working, which also means that people who've gone back to communities where they wanted to live or closer to extended family, that they have that choice and ability to also do that and continue to do that, which I think is a huge benefit. Fantastic, Frank. And I'm sure that three-pronged approach really feeds into you know, your ability to attract and retain talent going forward. You know, they talk now about the global war for talent. Yeah, (laughs) the war for talent is not new to us in EY. Um, And uh, when you're a growing business and you want to attract the absolute best talent here on the island of Ireland or who will come to the island of Ireland to work with us to deliver excellence for our clients. Mark, we've, we've been on that journey for many, many years. And I take that as um, a privilege, actually, in my role as managing partner to try and help us collectively solve that problem. You know, people are people and they are now, everybody changes, their needs change, their wants change. The generations have different outlooks in relation to what's important, purposeful, matters to their careers, to the organization they want to be associated with, where they want to spend their time. So there's a multitude of elements when it comes to attracting talent. And it's, yes, of course, being rewarded and recognized through remuneration is uh, is important. But as we will all read and understand that it's an element of, but not the whole picture. So that's why we believe that feeling of belonging matters. That's why we believe holistic lives, health and well-being matters. You know, being part of something really matters. And then also being respected by having Having the market leading earnings, which our people will want to see, which is absolutely correct, is another element of. So, yeah, you know, we have to be really careful in Ireland also um, around, you know, how we offer up enough university places for areas of growth within our economy that people are given the opportunity to have different experiences on the island or around the world, and that we continue as part of Europe to have people moving in and out of our island throughout Europe for that flexibility and agility that we need to have. But I think we're moving to a place now in Ireland where there's probably more jobs, uh, not just in professional services, but in our economy, probably more jobs available now than there is talent to fill those roles. And it's something we need to be very mindful as a as an economy as a, and as a society. Frank, like you, I totally believe in the benefits of education. And I really believe that it's a great way to improve health, empower individuals and and give people that word, you use that beautiful word, opportunity. I mean, where did you come from, Frank, in terms of your your own, the opportunities that life has given you so far? And, you know, what motivates, what drives you? Yeah, well, I've qualified as an accountant. I'm probably qualified longer than, than half of my life, Mark. You know, I've been very lucky with, with the mentors that I've had, with the people around me that have encouraged me, family people inside EY, outside EY. The one thing I'm very focused on is, you know, when opportunity comes your way, people will either decide 
to embrace it or they'll often decide that next time. Well, for me, I always felt it was important to embrace the right opportunities at the right time and and also have people around you that are going to support you and guide you and also give you honest feedback around how you need to move forward. On education, I think it's critical. We, throughout our lives, until our last breath, I think we should be trying to learn and through formal and informal education, informal being, you know, many, many different things, formal being areas where you really want to succeed in life and develop yourself and develop your skill set. So I'm a massive believer. We in EY, all of us are on continuous learning through many different programs. We also just launched a tech MBA for all of our people who have the opportunity to, to do that. And um, we have a what we call an EY badge system, which again is more learning around new skills, around analytics, around technology, around different things that you mightn't work in that discipline, but you may like to go there in the future. And we give people the space to breathe, to learn, to do those things and to enhance their education, which also enhances themselves with everybody around them. And they bring a different perspective by learning uh, on a constant basis. That's great. I mean, I, I really believe in this idea of, you know, never stop learning, never stop growing. Yeah. And in terms of improving your health, never stop starting in terms of, you know, building new habits and and committing to be that better version of you. In terms of your own health, Frank, how do you stay healthy yourself? Well, I have the best life coach in the world, my wife, (laughs) (laughs) who is very healthy and very fit and eats fantastically well. So she is my conscience as much as my coach, which is terrific. So how do I stay healthy? Well, you know, there's mental health and there's physical health, Mark, as as we Mm. know, and keeping them both in balance is critical. So I also feel for me that, Physical well-being helps my mental health as Absolutely. much as, as anything else. So I have a program where I try and do three things um, when it comes to my physical health. Sleep well. Good. So I'm a great sleeper no matter how challenged the day is. Um, when I get to spend time with my family, I'm, I'm very focused on being a good sleeper. I'm very focused on having the right diet. And there are times when that slips for everybody, I know. But having a conscience, what's the right thing for you in the short and medium term, I, I do try and get a balance. And then obviously, sport, uh, fitness, physical fitness is really important. But the mental side also is key. So, you know, being very aware of your stress points, being very aware of how that may change your behavior, sharing, sharing your vulnerabilities, communicating and talking about the issues and the challenges you have, getting others to help solve those problems with you and for you. All of those things are really important ingredients. And I don't really, you know, my role can be quite stressful if I let it be or if I think it could be. But actually, I, I really manage that stress in those ways and, and working and bringing better people than I into our organization to help me think through our biggest opportunities and challenges. And then when we do it together, it feels so much more worthwhile. And also we get to a better answer. Well, that's great. I mean, it sounds like you've got some terrific foundational health habits in place and really it is about consistency it's it's not about being perfect as you said it's about progress but it's about what we do consistently that really adds up and of course you can't talk about physical health without also considering mental health everything is so interconnected your physical health mental health emotional well-being sense of purpose as you said the supportive relationships you have around you i think that's really key there's research that shows we become like the five people we spend most time with. Uh, so we're constantly being molded and influenced by our, our support. So as you said, to have people around you that are going to support you. And of course, the environments that you spend your time in. 
if you know what I know as a doctor, Frank, for over 25 years is, as you said, no one is perfect. We all have gaps. What's your gap right now between where you are in terms of your health and well-being and maybe a slightly healthier version of you? That's a, such a deep, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, the most important thing for, for me, Mark, is I'm very open to advice. And I'm and I always make sure that I give the space, but also the safety for people to share with me where either physically, mentally or as a leader, I could go and improve. And if you continue to actually use your ears mm. more than your mouth, you will actually benefit significantly. My, my career and my life has been on a constant journey. Like I have four children, young children. My, my oldest daughter is just going to start university now, which is a real milestone for us. But, you know, they keep me honest and they always make sure that my feet are on the ground, as does my wife, Susan. And we have great fun together and learning to be a better dad as your relationship with your kids change. You have to learn how to change your relationships with them at different stages while you mind them and give them the space to breathe and be the best of themselves. And then also as a leader, um, you know, there's an evolution that that is going on right now. We've had so many challenges and changes while we've grown our business like COVID, like Brexit, like talent, like technology, transforming ourselves and our business. You can't, you know, nobody sets out with a playbook for themselves in relation to, well, I'm just going to follow my model that I think I was born with. Actually, it's never the case. We're constantly learning. We're constantly evolving. And the best listeners and the best leaders are agile to ensure that they're, they're trying to become the best of themselves, not just for themselves, but most importantly, for the people they lead and the people that they love most. Beautiful. I think you put that so well. And I think the word listening that you use there is such an important word, Frank, to, as you said, use your mouth much less than your ears and to actually listen and and hear, not just listen, but actually really hear what's what's being said to enable you to respond more appropriately, whether it's in your role as a leader in Ernest and Young or whether it's a role in your role as a, as a dad or, a, you know, in, in your family life as well. So listening is a prerequisite really for effective leadership. Absolutely. Often fine, Mark. The less we talk, the more impactful we are. Well, you know, the Tao Te Ching, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tao Te Ching, was written by Lao Tzu um, mm -hmm. about 2,500 years ago. And, mm -hmm. you know, brilliant 81 passages, but he talks about the art of non-doing, not doing nothing, but actually stepping back and creating that space uh, to allow things to evolve and emerge in their own good way. Absolutely. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. And, you know, it also comes back to trusting others, Mark. Mm. So, you know, I never feel like I have all the answers or I'm the best person to do it. But what's really important is that you have that inherent trust. Not everything goes right all of the time and you have to make sure that you you know the barometer. But, you know, always applying that that trust and empowerment for others to mm. grow and develop and do things better or have maybe give them the opportunity. They may have more time. They'll come up with a better answer. That's what's purposeful also in watching other people flourish and develop and grow to become who they should become. I think trust is such such an important word. And, and, and it's such great meaning in, in any relationship in terms of building and developing it. And I'm sure as a leader, that comes back to your authenticity, your values, and as you said, your openness and, and willing to listen and never stop learning. Yeah, well, that, that's you've summed it up so well. Um, and I hope I do that every day. Well, you know, all we can do, no one is perfect, but all we can do is aspire to be the person that we really want to be. And that's a great starting point to be very clear about who you want to be in the world and to keep moving in that direction. If you were looking back, Frank, on, you know, a slightly younger version of you, say your 22 year old self. Yeah. 
you know, what what might you say to him? Yeah, that that's a great question. I'm trying to. Rem- I got asked that question, Mark, by some of our people at one of our open sessions or webinars in in the last while. I'm, I'm trying to think back. I, I had a good answer then. Um, <laughs> what I would say to myself as a 22 year old: be confident in yourself. Be confident in your ability. It goes back to the conversation. Listen, learn. Bring people into your own board of directors, per se, who are going to give you different advice at different times, who you can trust the feedback that they're there to try and help you evolve. Embrace opportunity and understand your place and where you want to be. I I was a great person at looking at these kind of three or five year horizons. And I would often give myself the challenge of, well, if I if I really want to go there, how can I achieve it? Who can help me get there? How do I apply myself? How do I work hard? I think what I'd also say to myself is enjoy life. Relax. Don't feel like you have to rush to that place. Mm. Sometimes I find that, you know, the world moves so fast with technology, with email, with social media, that we fall into this race of perfection or trying to be somebody that you're not yet ready to be. So, you know, as I get older, I want more time to experience the world, experience difference, different, taste different foods, see different places, meet different people. Life is about all of that. It's a journey. It's not a, it's not a sprint. And I think if I had, if I had, if I had my 22 year old self in the room today, I would say, look, you know, Things will work out. There will be crucibles in your life that will change your direction. There will be really difficult times, but bringing in others, spending time with others will really, really matter more. And it's not a sprint. And be yourself and trust yourself to be the best of yourself, not what somebody else may want you to be. Beautiful. I mean, it reminds me of that research that was done a couple of years back, asking people if they believed life was long or short and easy or hard. And those people that really understood that life is a marathon, it's long, but it, 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 it's to be enjoyed, as you said. And it's, it, it's easy if you live it on your own terms. Those people were happier. They were more optimistic and they were also more giving. They were more generous of their time, of their resources back to their own communities in terms of volunteerism. So I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. Frank, could I ask you for our listeners, you know, three take homes for a resilient mindset? What might you say? Oh, that's a great question. The first, maybe we've discussed some of it, Mark, actually. The first is the physical and the mental. You got you got to keep that balance in check all of the time. Yes, we'll all fall off the horse per se, but trying to make sure that we have that balance is going to be critical. Um, the second thing I would say is that, and this is easier said than done, and I'm everybody's an individual and will deal with these things in a different way. But there are a lot of techniques that if people want to study on or get advice on around stress. So, you know, everybody will will embrace stress in a different way. But if people really understand their stress points, I believe there's a lot of tips out there that we can use and try to try and reduce that stress. Because the more stress you put into your life and it's out there because we're in a very fast world. But if you have those tips to be able to deal with it, it really does help that kind of balance between the physical and the mental. And it gives you more ability to have clarity when you're dealing with really difficult things. The third piece for me, I would say on resilience is I'm pretty sure that there are people you know when you're in a difficult bind or you're trying to see through the future of your career or you're dealing with a significant problem. There are people, if you if you reach out and share your vulnerability and share the problem, like our society, especially in Ireland, people are there to help. 
when they know that somebody needs help. And for me, if you think about your own resilience over the long term, sharing the problem, getting advice, listening to it and applying what advice you get in the right way. It doesn't have to be all the advice because nobody's in your situation, but applying the advice that's helpful really helps with resilience. So I think the kind of mental, physical distress and then also the community of people who there who can be there to help you really helps with a resilient mindset. That's great, Frank. And of course, you know, stress is a fact of life for each and every one of us. If you didn't have some stress in the morning, you wouldn't be able to get out of bed. But it's learning to embrace stress rather than try to eradicate it. It's learning to rebalance and recharge from from the the noise of the day and of the world, with, as you said, with some strategies and some self-care techniques that enable you to stay grounded in presence and be at your best for those people that matter. Yeah. And Mark, you know, one of my mentors taught me something. and, And sometimes it's only the phrases that are going to help you in the long term, right? But somebody... Somebody who was helping me when I came into my role, first of all, as a partner, then I ran our Entrepreneur of the Year program for many years. I also ran our assurance business. So, and then I became managing partner in 2018. But one of the, my mentors told me, you know, in your role, if you have the outlook that the challenges that are presented to you are a privilege for you to solve for others, that mindset completely reduced the the stress levels for me. So instead of taking on board on my shoulders all of the problem, actually, uh, really what I was trying to do was support others with me, work through the solution rather than panic or worry about the scenario that we were in, if it was a challenging one. The other one as well is that it's a real privilege to support and grow and help people evolve and develop and find the solutions themselves, because then they'll go off onto their stratosphere and become the best of themselves too. So if you can think of that mindset shift, which is not easy for everyone all of the time, it definitely wasn't for me. Now I turn it into, it's my privilege to be part of that. Mm, No, I love that. And it's something I often talk about is the ability we all have to choose how to respond in any given situation and the benefit of reframing. You know, as you said, using your mindset to reframe the challenge, reframe the setback through the lens of, you know, how can I grow? How can I use this opportunity to make the lives of other people better? How can I cultivate more of a sense of purpose and meaning? So reframing, I think that is a really powerful idea to see things differently, to embrace stress and to build a far more resilient mind and giving you that buffer of well-being to support you in your leader at work and in your overall life. Frank, finally, can I ask you, for you, what is the meaning of life? These are great questions, Mark. (laughs) I think the most important thing for me is I'm huge about my family. My wife, Susan, and my four children and my extended family mean everything to me. So, you know, my purpose is to enjoy them, help them grow, give them advice and guidance as and when they need it. But most importantly, you know, help them and build the environment for them to become the people that they want to become and the best of themselves. Uh, And again, you're going to hear common themes, Mark, because this is all about people. My purpose as a leader and the meaning of life for me and my professional role is, is all about trying to make sure that we give people the environment, the safety, the encouragement, um, the honesty around our people becoming the best that they can be for themselves and for our business. And that's a massive privilege that I enjoy watching people grow every day. But the purpose of life for me personally, outside of family and and EY, and I do like to enjoy the world. I do like to enjoy experience. Uh, I'm very open-minded to, you know, embracing as much as I think is is right. Once it's once it's fair and it's 
it doesn't impact negatively on anybody. I, I do enjoy different experiences, but I suppose the purpose of life for me is, is really about becoming the best of myself. Like I kind of made this commitment to myself, probably in my toughest times, that I was going to be the best person and the best leader that I can be and that I won't have any regrets and I'll do it my way and I will embrace others to help me go on that journey. But most importantly, by giving back to others, that will fulfill me more than anything else. So that's the purpose of life for me. Frank, keep leading, keep inspiring, keep living your purpose of service and contribution in the world. Thank you so much for being in the doctor's chair. Thank you, Mark. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.